The scripture reading this morning is from the 19th chapter of John, starting with the 38th verse. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, and so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. The Gospel of the Lord. Be seated. Thanks, Sharon. My dad, who was a high school counselor, tells the story of the new choir director at the high school. He was practicing a piece <clears throat> with his 10th, 11th, and 12th grade choir. And in the midst of conducting, he had to sneeze. So he reached into his pocket to pull out his handkerchief. And when he sneezed, his students fell down on the risers in hysterics. He quickly realized that it was not his handkerchief that caught the drips of his nose, but rather a pair of his wife's underwear. <laughs> he had to quickly explain to the kids that he had gotten up and gotten dressed while his wife was still sleeping, and he grabbed in the dark in the dresser for what he thought was a handkerchief but it was not. The kids never forgot that day, and neither did the new director. He was no longer put on this pedestal, but he was now human, just like the rest of them. I had to start with humor today, because we all know what it means to be human. And I think we have to claim this as we start this series on death. The nuisance of sneezing and the limits of not being able to see clearly in the dark and the clear reality of what our bodies can and cannot do. As Pastor Joel and Angela and I were planning worship for this fall, we thought back to our weekly prayers. Each and every week, we pray about death. Death unexpected and expected within our own church, within our own families. And even beyond this, we pray for the deaths of people we do not even know. We spend considerable amount of time preparing for birth and talking about the forming of new life. We have these baptism classes to prepare families for the initiation into God's family and the life of faith. 
but we do not have a class to prepare for death. And if we did, I wonder if anyone would come. And so because it is a topic that we prefer to avoid, we decided to stand right in that space and to bring our questions to the living word, to the Bible, and say to God, God, what do you have to say to us about death? So the, for the next four weeks, we are going to do this. Today, we're going to talk about bodies. Next week, grief. And the third week, where do we go after death? And we'll end this on All Saints Sunday, November 4th. And we talk and celebrate about this life and this death, the communion of saints living and dead, and God's promise to us in the midst of all of these things. Now, what Sharon read in the Gospel of John is the reading that we hear on Good Friday. So it feels a little bit out of sorts, doesn't it, to hear this now in October. John is intentional as he writes about the burial of Jesus. And he wants us, all readers, to know of the care that is taken with Jesus' body after his death. In John's account, both Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus are the ones that prepare the body for death and burial. Two characters that have struggled with making their faith in Jesus public now show up to care for the body. A hundred pounds of aloe and myrrh would have been enough to prepare a hundred bodies for burial. There is not isolation or scarcity with Jesus' dead body, but rather abundance and community, just as it was made known when that body was alive. There is such care in preparing the body for death, honoring what the body had done, Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And there is a deep promise that God is so connected to creation and his people that he would come down to this world incarnate in flesh and blood. Jesus was born and he died to experience the breadth and depth of our human existence. It's important to stop here and talk about honoring bodies, both in life and in death. There has been must, much discussion and disagreement over the body and the spirit and the separation of the two. Oftentimes, the, the flesh is referred to as evil and the spirit good. In our culture, we either place too much emphasis on bodies or not enough. There simply must be an honoring of this structure in which we live. Barbara Brown Taylor calls it the luggage that carries our life and our spirit. Our bodies, think about it. Look at yours right now. This is how we express ourselves in the world, 
how we show love, how we act and work and be present. The body is a wonder, and we each are created in the image of God. Each person with their uniqueness, whatever that is, is to be counted and honored. Bodies are to be respected and cared for. They are not property. They are, and we are, beloved people. Dead bodies are things that we struggle with. Our instincts can tell us that we must leave a dead body quickly or have a body sent away immediately upon death. Yet, take time for it. Gather around a body to include it in the grieving, to honor the life that it held, the mystery and wonders of the moments just before death and just after death is to know that the body is both human and divine, the body grounded in this earth, and yet this journey that we go on where God comes so close. Some of the most sacred moments are being with people on the edge of life and death, to know as you touch their hands that you are touching both human and divine. What a mystery, what a gift. Carrie Lee Erickson, a funeral director at Garrity Delmore and a friend of mine, told me how honoring it is for her to come into a home or a place of death and be trusted enough to enter that sacred space and take the body of a person that was so dearly loved. And there's also that care on how we prepare bodies for death. It's important to make your intentions known and take the time that you need to be with the body. Carrie notes, as other funeral homes are also experiencing, that they're finding that extra space is now needed to store cremains that do not ever get picked up or buried. This is because we don't know what to do with our bodies in death. We want to get as far as death and then quickly forget the importance of all that our bodies have held in this life. John's Gospel is unique. At the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, there is a garden. It's a creation image for God because God's love in Jesus, death no longer is the end. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The same breath of life from God that formed us from the dust and created us in flesh and blood is the same God and the same body that we were given that will die in flesh and blood. The bodies that have held us in this new life are now intertwined in our deaths in this ongoing cycle of recreation. That's a natural part of living and dying. The promise that we hear today 
is that God is so deeply invested with us and in the world that he chose to come down in flesh and blood and experience what it was like to live in bodies, to speak and to eat and to think and to feel, to be born and to die. At the time of death at a funeral, we hear those words that we spoke. We go back to our baptism and the words of the Apostles Paul. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So just as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father, we too shall live a new life. The promise in death is that this is where we will always find God. On the cross, bearing the suffering of the world in flesh and blood, not coming down from that place, but experiencing it all. This is the place where salvation is born. The God of all creation, of life and all things, is also a God who has known suffering, isolation, and death in body. We are never alone. This is the place where God will always be found. And in baptism, we are gifted this promise of presence. God does not forsake us. He remains with us always in life and in death. Blessed be our bodies. Amen. <laughs>